All right, let's get into our message today. We're going to pray. We're going to open our heart. Say this with me if you can. Say it out loud. Say, today, I will receive the word of God. I'm going to hear from heaven today, and it's going to change my life. Let's pray together this morning. Father God, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Psalm 8110. Open my mouth wide and you fill it. I just thank you, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4, that my speech and preaching this morning is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just thank you, John 8, 31 and 32, that as we know your word, your word and your truth makes us free. We are set free this morning by your truth and by your word. Thank you, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. We mix the word of God with faith, and as we do, the power of God is released. We thank you for it in the name of our Lord and best friend Jesus. And if you agree, would you just say amen? We're going to have such a great session today. God's going to speak to us in such a real powerful way. We're going to talk this morning about the power of thankfulness, the power of thankfulness. Now, we just came out of the Thanksgiving season, and, and I know that I'm, I'm behind on this, but uh, really, I want to just share from my heart, several years ago, the Lord awakened to me the power of thanksgiving, the power of thankfulness. He awakened this truth in my heart, and I began to search the scriptures. It's amazing if you will open the Bible and begin to search the scriptures, what God has to say about certain things. So everybody knows as a kid you're supposed to be thankful. How many of you growing up, your parents said you need to be grateful? You need to be thankful. How many of your parents took the time to explain why you need to be thankful and why you need to be grateful? They just said, you need to be grateful. I'll never forget uh, growing up as a kid. Sometimes it was uh, tough around Christmas, maybe around the grandparents' house or something. Maybe finances weren't there. And I remember my dad having conversations with us saying, hey, we're going to go over so-and-so's house. And, uh, you know, the budget's tight this year. There may not be a lot of presents. We need you guys to be grateful. I'm, I'm having that talk with my kids now. I said, kids, we got four kids now. I said, the Christmas budget keeps dividing. We started out nine years ago with a budget for Ava, and then we divided it with Noah. Then we divided it with Lily, and, and now we divided again with Tate. I'm not, I'm not increasing the budget, okay? <laughs> so I told the kids, you know, this year it's, it's not about what you get and what you don't get, but it's about being thankful. But I want to I express this morning, not just we need to be thankful people. I want to unlock something in your heart about the power of thanksgiving. There is an amazing spiritual truth this morning that we're going to see. I believe the people of God should be a thankful people. I believe the people of God should be a grateful people, and I want us to see this. Look at this PowerPoint that I've got on the screen. An attitude of gratitude determines your altitude. You should see this here, Big J. I think you've got it. An attitude of gratitude really does determine your altitude. I believe, honestly, I believe with all my heart, life is not so much what happens to you, but life is how you respond to what happens to you. How many of you know we cannot always control what happens to us? Rick and Susan have an awesome testimony. Uh, both of them have been married before. Both of their spouses passed away, and now they are together, and they met each other, and they, they can't control what happened to them. But what they can control is how they respond and react to what happened to them. My former pastor of all the years, uh, uh, our drummer's father, Pastor John Lawson, wonderful man of God, he used to always say, when life gives you lemons, you need to make lemonade. When life gives you lemons, we need to make lemonade. So life really is about 10% of what happens to us, and life is about 90% how we respond and how we react. I want you to check out this little video that just represents thanking God uh, for the good and, and even sometimes thanking God when we don't even and understand what's going on. This video just illustrates the power of saying thank you to the Lord in all situations. Thank you, God. 
for trusting me to be his dad. Thank you, Lord, that when a door closes, you're still going to take care of me. And thank you for cheetahs and pickles and failings and mommies and daddy. Thank you, Father, <laughs> for always giving me perspective. I'm so sorry. Thank you, God, that you are the great physician of both my body and my soul. Father, thank you for knowing my family's needs even before I do. And for ladybugs and old people and Disney movies and Miss Walker and donuts. Thank you for reminding me that I'm never alone. Thank you, God, for what I have. And also, I wouldn't mind an upgrade soon. Father God, for love, joy, peace, and patience. Lord, especially patience. And thank you for Jesse, even though he's mean during recess. Help him find a good friend. That's what he needs. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God, for childlike faith. Amen. Come on. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for donuts. Hallelujah. We do. We want to be a thankful people. I believe that when we began to focus on thanking God for all of the blessings, fo uh, focusing on what we have and what we, not what we don't have, when we, when we really live a life of thankfulness, it focuses our attention 
from the negative to the positive. It focuses our attention, becomes laser sharp on the, on the positive things in our life and takes us away from the negative. So I want to give you some, some tremendous truths about thankfulness. I want to give you six tremendous truths about thankfulness. These are lessons that I've learned concerning being, being a thankful person. And it goes so much more than just saying thank you. It really goes to the heart of being, of being grateful for all that God has given us. Let's check this out. Number one, you'll see it on the screen. The first tremendous truth for being uh, uh, thankful. Let me know if it's if it rhymes or if it's alliteration. It must be of God. The first one is thankfulness brings wholeness. Thankfulness brings wholeness. This is what I'm teaching my children. One of the very first things, Keith, that we taught our kids. Keith and uh, Ma- uh, uh, Margie have a number of kids, and uh, we have a number of kids. We're not trying to keep up with you, praise God. <laughs> you win that race. But one of the very first things that I taught my, my little daughter was, and my son was, was to say thank you. I had people tell me that you can't teach a one-year-old to say please, and you can't teach a one-year-old to say thank you. If you ever see my little Lillian now, she's uh, two years old. She's She's learned. She says, thank you. She goes, thank you, daddy. Thank you. And it's so cute. Look at your name and go, thank you, daddy. It's so cute. But we teaching our kids to be, yeah, <laughs> or say, thank you, friend, or thank you, friend, or Jasmine's like, that's weird. I tell it, Jared, thank you, daddy. That's weird. One of the very first things I taught my daughter, my son, and my children is to say, thank you, because thankfulness brings wholeness. I want to show you the story of the 10 lepers, show you something here you may not have seen. Look with me at Luke 17. Turn in your Bibles to Luke 17. I want you to see this. This is so powerful. The Bible says in Luke 17, if you're there, in verse 15, it says, now one of them... When he saw that he had been healed. Now, if you read a little bit before, Jesus touched and healed 10 lepers. How many lepers did Jesus heal? Okay, how many got healed? 10. All right, now watch this now. So all 10 were healed. Check this out. Now, one of them, when he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. Now, isn't that just like church people? People get touched and and God moves in their life and then shortly down the road, sometimes they're nowhere to be found. I want to be the one that turns and glorifies God. I don't be the one that just falls by the wayside. I want to be the one that sticks with it. I want to be the one that stays committed to a thankful heart towards the Lord. He turned back glorifying God with a loud voice. Now look at verse 16. He fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. Giving thanks. He fell on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And it says this man was a Samaritan. Look at verse 17. And the Bible says, Jesus said, didn't I heal 10 men? Jesus is like, I released power and 10 people walked away without leprosy. That's a big deal. Did I not heal all 10 men? And notice here what the scripture says. Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? Now go down to verse 18. Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Who has returned? Only one person came to give glory to God, and it was a Samaritan. It was a foreigner. Now look at verse 19. And he said to him, stand up and go your way. Your faith has healed you. Now that word here that I want you to see, healed, is actually translated better, has made you well. A lot of uh, different translations actually use a different word there. It says your faith has made you well, or your faith has made you whole. And if you take a look at the two words in the original language, now I'm not a Greek scholar, I don't pretend to be, but I can punch it in just like you can. When it says we're not all ten healed, 
It's a different Greek word for the word healing. If you look at this word right here and check it out, it says where you, you know where where your faith has made you whole, your faith has healed you. It's a different Greek word in the original language for the word healing. It's not just healing. It's actually the word for wholeness, and this is what it means. It means it's the Greek word sozo. We get our English word from that salvation. The word sozo means salvation, and this is what it says. It says means to save, to heal, to restore, to protect means to make completely whole in every area of life. The Greek word sozo, salvation, to make whole in every area of life. So we see 10 people that received a physical healing, but we see one man that was made whole in every area of life. He was healed emotionally. He was healed. He was divinely protected. He was set apart. He was rescued in every area of life because he returned to say thank you. So you can receive a touch from God. You can receive a healing from God, but that doesn't always just bring wholeness. When, you, when he returned to say thank you, he received wholeness. I want to determine now to be the one that says thank you. I want to be the one now that determines to live a life of gratitude. So we see thankfulness brings wholeness in our life, in every area of our life, and that's God's plan. Now, number two, check it out. Let me give you the second tremendous truth for thankfulness here. Number two, thankfulness is the foundation for worship. Thankfulness is the very foundation for worship. The scripture, Psalm 100 and verse 4, I want you to see this. Psalm 100 and verse 4. It says this, simply, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Thank, give thanks to him and bless his name. The way that we began worship is by saying thank you. The way that we begin to worship God is by being grateful for all that we have and saying thank you, Lord. Now, I know sometimes we may feel like we don't have a lot to be thankful for. I know sometimes we may feel like things aren't going our way. Maybe the job has changed. Maybe maybe the bills aren't being paid. I understand. Maybe there's health issues. I understand sometimes we don't feel like we have a lot to be thankful. But if we want to move out of this mindset of just um, of just being a victim and move out of this mindset of just letting letting life rule us and control us, we must begin by worshiping. It says the enter his gates. There's a protocol to worshiping God, and it starts with praise and it starts with giving thanks. Thankfulness opens the door for us to worship. When we worship God. He breathes in us and infuses us with his spirit, and we gain perspective in life. Now, number three, check this out. Thankfulness, the third tremendous truth for thankfulness is this. Thankfulness keeps perspective in prayer. Thankfulness keeps perspective in prayer. Not only does it bring wholeness, not only does thankfulness enter us into worship and it's the very foundation for worship, but thankfulness actually gives us perspective in prayer. How many of you would be honest and admit sometimes your prayer sessions are more like a complaint session? Come on, anybody else out there honest enough? Me and Gail are the only honest ones. I love starting my day with prayer. I love starting the morning with prayer because I'm starting with the answer instead of the problem. If I wait till the evening to really have my prayer time, and if I wait till at night, I spend the first 10 minutes just telling God all the junk and all the bad stuff that went bad all day. I teach my kids this now. I'm, I'm working with my kids, trying to disciple them the best I can. We never start a prayer without saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, dear Jesus. And now the kids do it, and they, they don't really understand fully what they do. But when I go to pray, I don't go, God, help me today. Susan's giving me all kinds of trouble. Oh, Lord, she's just, she's just causing left, and she's not really. But if Susan is causing trouble, and I need to pray about it, I'm going to go like this. Father, I thank you today for Susan and that she's in my life, but you need to help her because she's causing all kinds of trouble. I start every prayer with thanksgiving because it brings 
perspective. It takes my view and it, it allows me for a moment to see the view of God. I'll, I'll say, Lord, thank you so much for my kids. I pray over them every morning when I go to school. We don't go, we don't drop them off at school without praying for the kids. How many know we need to pray over the kids before we drop them to school? Let me challenge you, mom and dad, and aunts and uncles, and cousins, and grandparents, and guardians in this house. Let me challenge you this week, if you've never done that, before you go to school, just before they leave the house, if they ride the bus, or if you take them, or whatever, say, hey, kids, or or before you start your homeschooling session, say, kids, we're going to pray today, and if you've never done it, just start. And what's awesome is making your siblings pray for each other. Because it, you know, it really creates a bond. Especially if Ava and Noah have been fighting, I'll say, I'll, I'll say, Ava, come here right now. You gonna pray for your brother? And if they've been fighting all day, I'm gonna make Noah pray for Ava, and I'm gonna make Ava pray for Noah because we're gonna be thankful. So do that this week. I challenge you. Start the day off with prayer. Look at Philippians chapter four and verse six. Somebody say thankfulness brings perspective. All right, check this out. Philippians four. And verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Don't let anything cause inner turmoil. If you look at that word anxious and worry, it really means inner unrest, inner uh, turmoil, an inner storm. How many know things can be look look okay on the outside but can be really bad on the inside? So don't be anxious. Don't be don't have inner storms and inner turmoil. Don't be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't worry. Tell them say, be happy. Say it in your nice, low voice. Say, don't worry. Be happy. All right. Pastor Randy, we may have some new members here for the worship team. Very good, everybody. So don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with. Somebody say with. So should we just pray? Should we just have supplication? No, you cannot separate prayer, asking God apart from thanksgiving. Why would we start prayer with thanksgiving. Why would we start worship with thanking God? Because it brings perspective. It changes my view. It changes how I'm focusing on me and my problems, and it shifts my mentality. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this is a spiritual truth. If we'll learn and continue to do and get a hold of, it'll be powerful in our life. Don't be anxious for anything. So the key to worry is thankfulness. The key to solving, how many of you are professional worriers? My grandmother growing up was an absolute professional worrier. She worried about worrying. If, if she wasn't worrying, she worried that she wasn't worrying about something. And so the key to worry, the key to anxiety, the key to anxiety about the future, the key to anxiety about the stock market, the key to anxiety about your children, the key to anxiety over your health, The key to anxiety for any challenge that you're facing is to pray, but when we pray, we must start with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Aren't you excited and glad that we serve a God that wants to know our needs and that wants us to bring our requests? It says we can let our requests be made known to God. The Amplified Bible here says in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer, with thanksgiving, thankfulness, should be the beginning element and it should be the the thread that is wound all the way through our prayer life. So this week, if you've never tried it this week, start your prayer time with the first couple of minutes of just thanking God. Ladies, you ought to thank God for your husband. Amen? I almost died as a baby. I'm a miracle baby. I tell my wife all the time, you need to be so thankful for me because I'm a miracle baby. And have you know, men, you need to be very thankful for your wife. 
Come on, ain't that right? Listen, you need to be thankful for your children. You need to be thankful for your family. Well, I don't like my job. Be thankful that you have a job. I know a lot of folks that don't have jobs. Well, I don't like my car. Well, be thankful that you at least have a car. Come on, amen. So let's start our prayers with thanksgiving. All right, we're moving right along here. Number four, or whatever. What number are we on, Jared? Four, okay. Should we go back to one? Is everybody getting this? Okay, all right. All right, number four, the sixth tremendous truth about thankfulness. Jazz, I think we're going to make it. I don't think this has to be a 10-part series. I think we're going to make it. I mean, like Jazz's hat. Come on, encourage Jazz's hat. Jazz! Would y'all still amen if I preached in a hat like that? Okay, okay. Don't hold your breath. So thankfulness brings wholeness. Thankfulness is the foundation for all of worship. Thankfulness keeps perspective in prayer. And then here we go, number four, thankfulness is the will of God. I love this. I want to bring a twist to the scripture that maybe you've never seen. I've heard this scripture misquoted all my life, and I've heard folks say it out of context. So I want to bring some clarity to it here for just a minute. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. Check this out. Thankfulness is the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 5, and we're going to start in verse 17. Verse 17 simply says, pray without ceasing. Now, how do we do that? How many of you have ever wondered about how do we pray without ceasing? All day long, you can have an attitude of prayer. All day long, you can be praying under your breath. and be. Now, don't walk around like scaring people off like, oh, dear God up in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hey, no, it's not good to go through Kroger doing that unless you feel a divinely inspired unction by the Holy Spirit. If you go through Kroger doing that, don't tell them you go to this church. Tell them you go to the church down the road, okay? But we can pray all day long. Why, why does it say pray without ceasing? Because God wants our attention on him all day long. How many of you would be honest and admit there have been hours and times and even a whole day where hadn't thought that much about God or spiritual things? God says pray without ceasing because God wants your mind always on him. If your mind is always on God, it's not on you. And when do we get in a pity party, Rick? When do we get feeling sorry for ourselves? When our minds are on ourselves? How I feel, how this situation affected me, how my family member treated me bad, how my children are acting, my financial situation, on and on and on. If our minds are on God, they're off of us. Now look at verse 17, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17. In everything, uh, pray without ceasing. Now look at verse uh, 18. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Say, in everything, give thanks. I've heard this scripture, Miss Mary quoted wrong all the time. People say, you know, we're supposed to give thanks for everything. We ought to give thanks for everything. Your house burns down, give thanks for everything. I mean, unless I get a check for double, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be very thankful that my house burns down. Come on. It's like when we walk in church with stained glass windows, it's like all common sense leaves and we don't even think like normal people think. It does, the Bible doesn't say give thanks for all things. There are things that Satan brings in our life that we do not need to be thankful for. Satan comes to, skill, to, to, to kill, steal, and destroy. And things that kill, steal, and destroy need to be resisted. We don't need to be thankful for the things that Satan brings in our life. But it doesn't say, it doesn't say for everything give thanks. It says in everything. God's will is for you to be thankful even when things are going bad. Even when negative situations come, even in hardships, the Apostle Paul wrote uh, many of these passages from prison. He was being beaten for following Christ. He had no food. He was hungry. He had been beaten with rods. Many times he'd been shipwrecked for days. 
But yet he still was able to choose joy. He was still able to give thanks in everything. It doesn't say we thank God for everything, but in everything, in every situation, it's not what's happening to us, but it's how we respond. We can give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the will of God for you to be thankful. All right, ladies, are you ready? Here we go, ladies. You ready? You're going to like this. Every time your man complains and is not being thankful, you can tell him you're out of the will of God. <laughs> Come on. I thought I'd get a bigger amen from all the ladies. So if I'm ever complaining about Miss Tara's cooking, she lets me know I'm out of the will of God, and I need to straighten it up. So we give thanks in everything, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus. All right, let's go to the next one. What number are we on, Jared? Five? 28. All right, number five. Thankfulness is our Christian witness. How many of you need, know that we need to talk more about our Christian witness? How many of you understand that what we do on Facebook affects our Christian witness? Come on, oh, it got quiet in here. How many of you know what we do on Facebook affects our Christian witness? Hey, listen, can I tell you a little PA, public announcement? Don't be reposting stuff. Hey, we're having a church event, and then the next post be some ungodly, terrible post, okay? Come on, don't do that. I mean it. I'm serious. You may think I'm joking, but I would, when I see that stuff, I, I block it or whatever. It says hide this post or whatever. I hide that stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll text some of our youth sometimes. You know, say, hey, let's be careful what we're posting on here. Let's watch out. Don't be, don't be posting about this great church event the next day, posting some crazy thing, you know, that doesn't represent Christ. Come on, are we all still friends? Come on, Facebook represents our Christian witness. But back to the sermon, that was free. That wasn't even in the notes. That was just free. Thankfulness is our Christian witness. I'm convinced that being a truly grateful person is, is a part of God flowing through us. And in fact, it's one of our greatest witnesses for Christ. Check this out, Colossians chapter 3. We want to be Christ followers. We want to be examples. We want to have integrity and love. And the way we do that is by starting out with thankfulness. Ready? Here we go. Look at verse 15, Colossians 3. And let's check out verse 15. Is this helping anybody today? I made everybody mad. All right. I still love you. All right. Look at verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. How many of you would love the peace of Christ to rule in your heart? If you study this out in the original language, that word rule actually means the word umpire. And it means to, to, to really the one that's calling the shots. And now, how many of you watched college football yesterday and we saw some very poor officiating in some of these games? But the umpire, the peace of God wants to rule, wants to umpire in our heart. He wants to say when we're safe, when we're out, wants to say when we can stay, when we're first down, when we can advance. Uh, the peace of God can rule and reign and be the umpire in our hearts to which indeed you were called. We've been called into one body. We can't have divisions. We've been called to one body. And be thankful. Somebody say this. Say, and be thankful. And it says here in verse 16, so we're called, the peace of God will rule in our heart. We're called to one body. It says, and be thankful. Now look at verse 16. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your heart. Now how many of you know this scripture is for all the people that can't sing? You need to sing praise to God in your heart, sister. You need to sing praise to God in your heart, brother. <laughs> sing, with, sing with all thankfulness in your heart. This is the will of God. Notice this. Let the word of Christ dwell within you, and when God's word is alive. The reason we preach the word of God and not Reader's Digest is because it brings all wisdom. It brings teaching. It brings encouraging. So we sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your heart. 
Now look at the verse 17. Check out the last one. Verse 17 says this, whatever you do, say whatever you do. So whatever you do in word or in deed, your Christian witness, whatever you're doing, it says do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. Thankfulness, being a person of gratitude, being the one who comes back to say thank you, being the one determined not to just take people for granted and take my blessings for granted. It says whatever you do in word or deed, as we're living life as our Christian witness, it says here, give thanks through him to God the Father. So thankfulness is a part of our Christian witness. How many of you knew there were this many powerful nuggets about being thankful and what it unleashes in our life? All right, number six, check this out. Thankfulness is a daily choice. Number six, the sixth tremendous truth about thankfulness is this. Thankfulness is a daily choice. I'm going to give you a nugget. You ready for this? You might want to write this down. You can't complain and be thankful at the same time. You cannot complain and be thankful at the same time. The attitude that you currently have is the attitude that you've currently chose. And how many know it only takes a moment to make an attitude adjustment? How many know if you don't believe that, you, you've ever seen kids, it only takes a moment to make an attitude adjustment? I tell Ava and Noah, y'all got a crummy attitude right now, and you can either A, change it on your own, or daddy will have to help you change it. <laughs> How many know most of the time they'll change that attitude? Now, we are working with Lillian and discipline her, and I'm not telling you that you have to do this or I have to do this, but we have a certain discipline technique that we've been working with on Lillian. And now when she begins to act up and she begins to, we have a, uh, at our house, we believe in biblical spanking. Now we don't believe in child abuse. Uh, I'll be the first one to report that and turn it in. But we believe the Bible says uh, foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction drives it far from it. And the Bible says that if you spare the rod, you hate the child. And so we believe the Bible says uh, correction with reproof. We don't believe in just spanking. We believe in spanking with instruction, meaning you explain and then you spank and you instruct. You do it in a very biblical way. It's not just, just you know, taking out all your anger on your kid. There's a very, very uh, good way to do that. I encourage you to check out Focus on the Family. They got tremendous resources to give you some real guidance on how to do that. Uh, Lillian is just now two years old, and she's just now at that age where we have we now have the spanking spoon. Everybody look and say, "You better behave, or he'll bring out the spanking spoon." So we have a spanking spoon, and you can make fun of me all you want, but it's it's not my hand because hands are for blessing. We don't spank with our hands, even with our older kids now. We we because hands are for loving, hands are for blessing. I don't want to ever go down and go to hug Lillian and her be afraid. I don't want to ever go to hug Miss Tara and her be afraid. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want to ever go I don't want to ever go down and, and hug uh, Noah and them be afraid. Now I don't get the spanking spoon after Miss Tara. No, no, that's it. Let me clarify that point, okay? Point of clarity there. <laughs> How many know that would not go over too well? <laughs> so we, we spank with a spoon. And my point is now with uh, concerning thankfulness is a daily choice. It only takes a moment to make an attitude adjustment. So Lillian will have a little attitude problem. She'll be fussy or we'll say it's time for bed. And when you say it's time for bed, the attitude goes down. It's like, where did that good little cute little girl go? Who are you and what'd you do with my little daughter? Attitude goes way down. All I have to do now is walk in the room and just come out with the spanking spoon in my pocket. I don't have to wave it or point it or anything. I just put it in my pocket and the attitude goes right back up. 
It only takes a moment to make an attitude adjustment. It's a daily choice. You can choose to be thankful. You can, be, you can choose to be thankful for such great preaching this morning. Come on, can I have an amen? Let's be thankful for a great church. We've got great people in this church. We're going places. Last week, this is incredible. Last week, we had our number one record ever for a normal Sunday for kids in our Kids Quest and PreQuest. Come on, can we give God thanks? Come on, amen. That's why many months ago we prayed and decided to uh, temporarily move out of our Prosser campus because we knew that God wanted to just send us a bunch of kids and we knew space was just a little tight. And so we know it's a lot of work to move here and be here in the school and we understand that. We're praying about the next step. We're asking God to help us and give us wisdom and, and you know, do we expand or what, what's the next plan for us? Because we don't want to be in the school forever. We love it. We thank God for it. But we understand this is just temporary. But when we made the decision to do this all these months ago, we were planning then for what what happened last Sunday. We had, I think we had probably, I'll have to count it, but we had probably 25 kids on our campus last week for a regular Sunday. Come on, can we give God thanks? Come on. The Lord spoke to me a number of years ago. He said, so goes the children's ministry, so goes the church. So that's why I appreciate Pastor Michael and Candy and all of our staff that's working with all of our kids. So you can't complain and be thankful at the same time. Thankfulness is a choice. Say this with me, say it out loud, say it like you believe it. Say it's a choice to rejoice. Now let me look at this scripture here in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7. I'm having fun today. Y'all having fun? Rick didn't believe I was actually going to sit on the stool, so I'm sitting here to prove him wrong. Hallelujah. Colossians 2 and verse 7, having been firmly rooted and now built up in him. Everybody say, uh-oh. So here we go. Check this out now. You ready? Watch this now. Ready? Having been firmly rooted and now built up. Thankfulness. This attitude of gratitude. Not complaining. If you complain, you remain. If, if you're always complaining, never thankful, always grumbling, you have not yet reached the point of maturity where you're firmly rooted and built up. Now, I have a huge tree in my front yard. Huge tree. Those roots go all the way deep. Man, I bet the roots go under my house. Try, I can't even put all my, hand, my hands around the tree. I have a picture of my kids and my wife standing in front of the tree, and they could almost all stand in front of the tree. It's a huge tree. Those roots are really deep, and that's a very mature tree. You as a Christian, if you have deep roots in Christ, if you are spiritually mature, Look what you're going to do. I didn't say this. The Bible says it. So if you're complaining all the time, grumbling all the time, you're not thankful all the time, that, I don't have to say, oh, they're not very mature in Christ. The Bible says when you are mature in Christ, when we're growing together, that's why I'm teaching these things. When we're growing together, when we're firmly rooted and now built up in him and established in faith, we're not just starting out here. We're not just waving back and forth and like the wave of the sea, tossed to and fro. We are firmly being established in our faith. Notice this here. Just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. Notice here, godliness and gratitude should go hand in hand. That's a good place to say amen. Me and Gail agree. We're the only ones. Godliness and gratitude go hand in hand. And it says overflowing with gratitude. Now, I want to practice this this morning. I want to practice this. Look at the person closest to you and as much overflowing gratitude as you can. Just tell them how thankful you are that they took a shower this morning. Come on, just with as much gratitude as you can muster. You're so thankful that they took a shower. Obviously, I don't know if Sabrina showered or not today because, again, nobody's in the middle. 
I may start paying people. I may start putting $20 bills on all the seats in the middle. I may have to start paying people to come to the middle. I mean, you know, I, I, I get a sore neck on Mondays because I'm like this. If everybody was here, I could just look straight, but, that, but that's beside the point. So thankfulness is a daily choice, and thankfulness is a mark of godliness. Now, I want to just close this up today and wrap this up here. I just want to, as, as Pastor Randy comes to help us out, I want to just share some scriptures about thankfulness. They're not on the screen. Don't panic, Jared. There's 134 verses in the Bible on thankfulness. So I figured I'd only do 120 or so, okay? We don't want to do too many. Y'all think I'm kidding. It's not a joke. I'm teasing. Y'all need to laugh that good when I tell a joke. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you. All right, Second Corinthians, I'm just going to read these, okay? I may not even give you the reference. I'm just going to read them. Just listen to some of these scriptures on thankfulness. 134 verses in the Bible deal with thanksgiving and being thankful. So now when we tell our kids, you need to be grateful, when we tell our kids, you need to be thankful, it's not just you need to do this. It's because of what this unlocks. It's the foundation for worship. It's a mark of a mature Christian. It's, it's how we pray. It's the foundation for prayer. It brings wholeness. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be broken. I need to be whole and healed in Jesus Christ. I don't want to be emotionally, physically broken. I want to be whole so I can hold people, help people. I want to be whole in him in every area of life. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 9 says, Thanks to God for his indescribable gift. 1 Chronicles 16.4, God appointed Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord, before the presence of the Lord. The ark of the Lord represents the presence of God. Even to celebrate and to thank and praise the God of Israel. Thanksgiving and the presence of God go hand in hand. First Chronicles 16.8, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the people. First Chronicles 16.34, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. Psalm 118 and 28, you are my God, I give thanks to you. You are my God, I exalt you. Psalm 119.62, at midnight I shall rise to give thanks because of your righteous ordinances. Romans 1.8, first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. Ephesians 1.16, do not cease giving thanks. Keep mentioning you in prayer. Philemon 1.4, I thank my God always, making mention of you in my prayers. Psalm 75.1, we give thanks to God. We give thanks to him for his name is near. Men declare your wonderful works. Psalm 30 and verse 4, sing praise to the Lord, you godly ones, and give thanks to his holy name. Psalm 35 and 18, I will give you thanks in the great congregation. I will praise you among the mighty throng. Psalm 44 and verse 8 says, in God we have all boasted all day long. We will give thanks to your name forever. Well, Pastor James, I don't know how to really give God thanks. Get in the Psalms. Psalms means song. Get in the Psalms and begin to read. Over and over, the psalmist pours out his heart. And if you don't know what to say, just use his words. Just put faith with his words. Psalm 92 and 1, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and sing praises to your name. So God, I give you thanks right now because you said it's good to give you thanks. Psalm 28 and 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. I am helped, therefore my heart exalts. And with my song, I shall thank him. Whole people help people. I could go on and on and on and on. 
hold people, help people. If you're in this house this morning and you want to be whole in every area of your life, remember the one that returned and said thank you. Not only was he healed, but he was made whole. If you say, I want to be whole in every area of my life. I want to be whole in my family. I want to be whole in my uh, joy. I want to be whole in my peace. I just want you to stand right now and right where you are. I want to pray over you. If you you say that I'm standing, I want to be whole in every area of life. Lord, we want to give you thanks this morning. We want to give you honor and praise. Let's just, if we can, let's just lift our hands and just say thank you. Quietly where you are, right in your own way. Just begin to thank God for all that he's done. My soul, Lord, would sing praise to you and not be silent. I will give thanks to you forever. I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, all peoples will give you thanks forever and ever. God, I will give you thanks forever because you've done great things. I will wait on your name for it is good in the presence of your godly ones. God, willingly I offer a sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name for it is good. God, I'll always give you thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus.